It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, you guys asked for it. You asked for a crossover episode between us uh, here at Locked On Auburn and our friends uh, within the network with Locked On Bulldogs. A lot of you guys have been listening to them this week. I even saw some uh, some chatter about it on the Auburn Undercover uh, boards. So that was, um, yeah, some of the comments that they said uh, we asked about. And uh, Clint is the guy that joined us. Clinton Daniel hosted, but Clint was the one that joined us. Uh, and you'll hear from him in just a second. But uh, kind of backed off of a lot of the um, the stuff they said, or at least they toned it down a bunch. So I think you guys will get some uh, some enjoyment out of that, especially those who listen to uh, to Locked On Bulldogs as well and kind of got frustrated. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I got like five or six tweets. I got probably about five or six texts, and then um, uh, uh, one personal phone call. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I'm glad you guys are listening to other shows across Locked On Podcast Network. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Um, before we jump into it and, and read off today's sponsors, did you guys see that Joey Gatewood got cleared? <laughs> they didn't do it on Sunday because it'd be too obvious, so they did it on Wednesday afternoon. Unbelievable. I feel so bad for Joey Gatewood, but I'm glad he's cleared now. I'm glad he's cleared now, and I hope that they give him um, a chance to see the field this year. Hey, Really love the guys at Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com. You'll see all this cool vintage college gear from all kinds of schools. They're growing every week. But a few weeks ago, they added their Auburn line. And I know a lot of folks listening to the show use the promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, to get 20% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Promo code Auburn, A-U-B-U-R-N, 20% off at homefieldapparel.com. But they, um, it's the softest. It's, it, it, they've quickly become my two favorite T-shirts um, in, in my closet. And my wife steals them all the time. It, it's awesome. It, it's great. Uh, I absolutely love the guys at Home Field. And if you're not following them on social, they do such a good job with their branding. And um, I, don't know, I don't think there's a brand out there that's more in tune with college football fans than our friends at Homefield. So be sure to check out their Auburn swag, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Auburn for 20% off your first order. Also, today's show brought to you by our good friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Uh, their catalog at rockauto.com is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. And write Locked on Auburn in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. It is a crossover Thursday. Locked on Auburn, Locked on Bulldogs, Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, and Clint Champlin, is that right? Shamblin, you got Shamblin. it. Shamblin. Well, man, uh, enjoying chatting with you. Obviously, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, it's, uh, it's crazy it's already here. We've only played one game each, and it's like, all right, second game of the season. We've been talking about how weird that is. What's it like on the Georgia side? 
oh, it's odd. We can't figure out what's going on. It's, yeah. it's October and we're here. No, this is this feels very bizarre, but also very 2020 fitting. So maybe this is exactly what we deserve for this year. Clint, what's the uh, what's lowdown at quarterback? That's kind of our biggest speculation so far. Is you know what in the world is Auburn going to be facing? Uh, who's going to be throwing passes against them on Saturday? That was a great question. I think it's going to be Stetson Ben. It's going to roll out as QB one. I think the walk on is going to get the nod second time through. Kirby wants W's in a year that's uncertain. Uh, he just wants those W's quick, and he's uh, he's going to trust his defense and other aspects, Todd Munkin's system. So I think we're going to see Stetson Bennett, but don't be shocked if uh, not because of injury, but because of other circumstances, we see two, maybe three quarterbacks come out and play. So the Stetson Bennett hype—it's it, fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, we had <clears throat> excuse me we had multiple listeners um, call and text our hotline. Saying, kind of pointing out to me to go listen to you guys' show, and and I had already listened to it. <clears throat> Gosh, sorry guys, but the um, I don't I don't know if it was you or Daniel saying like you believe that Georgia could win a national championship with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Yeah, the analogy we gave was 2017 Jake Fromm, freshman QB, and look, we know who Jake Fromm is from last year in a Jim Chaney offense with a true freshman Jake Fromm who. Uh, our listeners love him as a damn good dog, but let's be honest, uh, not a not the greatest QB to roll through UGA. So a freshman, inexperienced, not the greatest talent in a system that was vanilla and mundane, went all the way to the national championship. Um, why not with a fourth, fifth-year guy, Stetson Bennett, who's been in the system with Todd Munkin, who has more ingenuity as it becomes as it pertains to offense with a defense that's elite. So that's the analogy we gave. So we don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. We don't like it but it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, on your show, you guys were saying that you thought this was more talented than that Georgia team in 26, or 2017 Sorry, that had, um, yeah. that had Nick Chubb, who I believe just played for Todd Munkin, and, yeah. um, and you know, um, everyone else, Roquan Smith. Um, what, why, why is the other running back? Sony Michelle, no Pats. Sony Michelle, the Pats, oh. yeah. Um, there you go. And Michael Hardman, who's in the NFL, you can't yep. possibly think that this year's team is that talented. Uh, so Michael Hardman is now in the NFL and showing out for the Chiefs while he was at UGA, completely underutilized. Uh, going back to that system, uh, Michael, when he was drafted, everybody thought it was a reach when he was drafted. Now it just turns out the guy had skill beyond skill, but so fast. didn't get the ball in his hands like we should have. You know, uh, Sony and Nick, yes, uh, hands down, just the deepest running back. Uh, room that we've seen that that no no question about that but I think roster to roster top to bottom this defense is better than that 2017 defense which is hard for me because uh, man Roquan Smith is one of my favorite dogs ever so that's hard but the defensive line in this group is where it's at for us we think this D-line is elite elite deep all across the board offense yeah some questions George Pickens who we refer to as Jorge uh, is one of the top receivers we think in the entire nation. Um, the running back, Zeus, is getting his legs back from two ACLs. And that offensive line with Matt Luke coming in, I think, is going to gel together well. So overall depth, we think, is a more talented roster. Top end, no, you're right. There were three guys, four guys on that roster that were hands down better. So just listening to you guys, you guys have really just pooped all over Bo Nix. It does not sound like you guys <laughs> are, fear him at all. Uh, you know, with George's playing defense on Saturday, why is that? I mean, you guys have talked down pretty much every offensive weapon with the exception of Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. 
what what did you what did you expect to see from Auburn on Saturday that you didn't, and and why do you not think that'll translate on Saturday? Yeah, it's really interesting to me. I think uh, it's a combination of two things. Gus Malzahn, I, I, I think, is just this enigma to everybody outside of Auburn, and we don't know exactly what to think of Gus on the outside. You either love him or hate him, and it seems like it's this you know dichotomy back and forth. But I think with both six in the mix in the system, that's what's curious to us. Um, is he a athletic guy? Yeah, sure. It sounds that way. Can he show out? Man, we've we've talked when he's at home, just like last year. My gosh, uh, Bo Nix is somebody who's dangerous and assertive uh, when he gets rattled, when it's off schedule from the system, when it's third and long, when, when the up pace tempo uh, and getting that tight end who's, who's crashing down in the tackle position, or when you get the fullback out at wide receiver and trying to get on the outside, when that kind of goes off the rails, uh, we don't trust Bo Nix to, to make plays that aren't within the system. Uh, and so maybe that's, maybe that's our perception of what he is. And, and I was very curious um, we, we don't think much of him outside of an Auburn typical or, or Auburn system quarterback. Uh, what, are, what are fans in Auburn? Are you guys behind Bo Nix? Is this like exactly who he was, childhood hero, wanting to be part of Auburn and then lifelong dream being fulfilled and now everybody's all in? Or, or is there speculation that maybe this isn't the greatest fit on your guys' end? I think we all uh, really wanted to see him take – that that step forward and show real improvement um last year uh i think that you said it i mean kind of a mixed bag right uh people very angry after some of those away games the florida game comes to mind um where he lsu game where guys felt like he was or fans felt like he was a main reason that we lost the game and, and people were not happy with him then uh and so I think a lot of people, me included, really wanted to see how he was going to come out this season. If he got better, could he improve? And um, I, through one game, uh, I liked what I saw. I thought a lot of the things that I was frustrated about, mm-hmm. he he improved on. Yeah, and he's one of the few yeah. quarterbacks, uh, I mean, since Gus has been here, and even a little bit before that, that hasn't been able to benefit from a running game. And, I mean, we've seen average college quarterbacks, I mean, be able to do a lot of things just because they were able to always kind of have that thousand-yard rush of that Malzahn-style running game to help them out. And Bo didn't have it last year. And, and you guys talked about this on Locked on Bulldogs. I don't think he's going to have it this year either. He certainly did not look like he's going to have that on Saturday. And I think that's going to be the biggest question this Saturday is – I don't think either team is going to be able to run the football because both offensive lines looked awful. I mean, both both mm-hmm. offensive lines for Georgia and Auburn, they were having to switch guys out against, I think, inferior talent on the other side of the football in both situations. Um, I, I think whichever team runs for more yards on Saturday is going to be the one that wins, and I genuinely don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, I just said uh, on today's podcast we put out today on Locked On, uh, I told Daniel that I don't think we're going to have a single running back on our roster that gets more than 50 yards in this game. I think whoever the quarterback is, whether DeLon comes back in or Stetson goes ahead and, and gets some outside throws going, is that's going to be the, the reason that whatever team is going to come out victorious. Um, because I, I think you're right. Uh, the two guys on defense that just scare the tar out of me, and, and I'm not high on the defensive line for Auburn, but man, K.J. Britt, Smoke Monday and Owen, those guys, I watched, when I watched the Kentucky game, I just thought to myself, those guys are popping off the TV. Like, those guys hit, those guys can run, those guys are fast. That worries me against our running backs, especially against Zeus and James Cook, who 
who has get that speed on the outside. The defensive line secondary, uh, that's where, to me, if we can get some, some drop back, we get some time, and we can get the ball out there, uh, that's where I think we have a leg up possibly. But uh, I think you're right. The run game is going to be, which is, which is weird to say, right? Like You're talking about Auburn and Georgia, and we're talking right. about how the run game is going to be uh, not that high up. That's, that's a bizarre world. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Before we jump back into the conversation, want to give some love to our friends at Shady Rays, the best sunglasses in the business. Head over to ShadyRays.com and use Auburn25 for your uh, your promo code to get 25% off your order. And also, if you have not listened to any shows this week, be sure to go back and listen to the first three shows of the week <clears throat> so you can get the code word. And at the end of the week, send us a text at 205-502-4285 with all five code words. Today's code word is rivalry. I think that is fitting as we are getting closer and closer and more and more jazzed about the Deep South's oldest rivalry. So today's promo code or today's code word is rivalry for you to text that with all the other ones at the end of the week. And um, yeah, obviously one more show tomorrow and we'll give that last word to you for a Ferg Friday. So stay tuned. Yeah, uh, I feel kind of bad for this question, this next question I'm going to ask because you've been very nice. (laughs) Um, I wasn't expecting you to be this nice, and so um, I prepared a question. Um, I like the question. Bring it. This is uh, this is in response to the SB Nation article that was written by uh, on the Georgia SB Nation site, um, citing Pro Football Focus as um, as their source as to why Stetson Bennett is so much better than Bo Nix. Oh um, yeah even though you know one's played a whole season and one play, has played not even half of a football game and, and one, uh, so one, one I'm one has wondering. the name of a duke lacrosse player which i think is important <laughs> i didn't realize that <laughs> oh stetson bennett the 4th that guy had two two potential employment opportunities uh sec football quarterback or division 1 lacrosse player that was it those <laughs> yeah. are the only two things yeah. he could do <laughs> So I'm wondering if it's concerning at all that um, who I think is your best defensive player, and you may disagree, uh, Richard LeCount, his tackling grade on Pro Football Focus from the game on Saturday against the mighty Razorbacks of Arkansas was a 21.2. If you're wondering, that's not good. And the the lowest... so it's Richard LeCount at 21.2, Eric Stokes at 27.3, and then Warren Brinson at 69.7. So is it concerning at all that the guy that might be your best defensive player can't tackle? Apparently. Uh, it's, it's, it's very concerning. So we have a joke on the podcast. When we first did it, uh, we had a listener uh, get into us. His name was Trevor. We talked about don't be a Trevor all the time. Oh, gosh. We talked about Le- Richard LeCount uh, is not a good tackler. He's going to miss in space. If you go back to Sam Ellinger game in the bowl game two years ago, uh, he missed him more times than he made a tackle on anybody. It was embarrassing. Richard is a ball hawk, is going to be 
center field, looking for the ball, high pointing the ball, interception. So it does concern me. Um, I, I don't think he's our best defender. I think our best defenders on the defensive line, outside linebackers, and then Nicobe Dean is becoming elite. He's not there yet. He's becoming elite. Um, the guy that I hope is in the box more is Lewis Seen. Um, and if if uh, you know who Lewis Seen is, he's he's come with bad intentions, just like just like KJ Britt is uh, for you guys. He he loves hitting. He's a second year safety. It concerns me. Uh, Richard gets back in coverage and loses a guy every now and then which again concerns me greatly when you're trying to confuse the defense and trying to go up-tempo and getting different number guys on the edge uh, and trying to confuse somebody. That really confuses him a great deal. And then tackling, coming up in the box on that run game or on that outside screen, uh, yes, it does, absolutely. But I think uh, the depth and the leadership, the thing that I was worried about, and actually I'm, I'm very curious how you guys think about this, um, uh, the communication of defense with Auburn offense uh, again, you want to go fast, you want to pick up three or four yards here and there and get on pace and then confuse, uh, I think, with the weird COVID experience that we got going on right now um, and teams having uh, more sideline depth and coaches out there screaming at each other, communication is going to be key. And I actually think in the midst of this, this is the perfect environment for Georgia defense to communicate better together uh, against an Auburn offense that wants to confuse. So maybe that will help Richard, but yes, it is confusing to, or it's concerning to me that he can't tackle because I think Bo Nix is a much better runner than he is passer, um, and that's that's a little frightening for me. Sure, sure. Uh, Clint, as far as what it's going to be like at Georgia in, in Athens on Saturday, tell us the situation as far as fans. Is it just students? Is it just like 20%? What does that look like, and how hostile do you think it's going to be? Uh, 20 to 25% is what it's at. I don't have the exact number at the end of it. I think they're still figuring that out. But anywhere, I, I think they're going to settle somewhere in between at like 22.85. They have some algorithm that gave it to them. I, I have no idea. Got it. Um, but I think it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be. And at this, I, I think moving this game up, this rubber game up in the season, uh, has gotten people on point. I mean, we got Bama in a couple weeks, and that's going to get people lit. Um, so I think they're going to come to this very prepared, knowing that uh, each game in the SEC uh, is so crucial. Um, so I do think it's going to be rowdy, uh, not nearly what it was before, but but just enough yeah. um, to get there. Yeah, and it's still so early. I'm curious to see, once we're about halfway through the season, how much home field really matters. It doesn't yeah. seem like Auburn benefited a whole lot from it. On Saturday, the players and Malzahn, they talked about how great it was to have the students there, but um, just kind of watching other games, I, I'm really curious to see how much that has an impact. But uh, another thing I was curious about, and to get the Georgia perspective, so the line opens Georgia by 7.5. It's moved to 7. That's the last that I've seen. I haven't checked. Um, I, I haven't checked until um, since this morning. But that seems really high to me. And based on how you guys were talking about this matchup on your Tuesday show, it seems like that's kind of what you were thinking. So break that down for me. Uh, yeah, it's actually wild. Daniel and I just did our locks episode in which we're talking about the bets that we got going on and the lines that we saw. And uh, this, gosh, I know this is a rivalry. I know we're early on the season. I know this. Uh, I have triple bet this line for us to cover. Uh, when it was at seven and a half, seven, and it got down to six and a half. And I okay. triple bet it then. Uh, I, I like our chances to do this. I said on the pod the other day, outside of looking at the running back situation, looking about the speed we have on D, um, and the, again, the one guy that does scare me, Seth Williams. My gosh, that that 
that dude is a dude. He is a different cat. Uh, so he concerns me throwing like a, a little back shoulder fade or something like that down the sideline on the aforementioned Richard LeCount and coverage. But now, I, I actually don't see this game uh, being more than double digits for Auburn. I, I predicted 10 points or less scored on this defense, which gives me credibility. Now, again, I have no clue what Stetson Bennett's going to do, but uh, I have confidence in the system that Munkin's got. Um, and so, yeah, I, I triple bet this this line. So what? where's the confidence, though? I mean, Georgia looked terrible against Arkansas. Is it just yeah. is, is it just the Stetson Bennett Band-Aid that, that is kind of giving you confidence here? Yeah, I think so. I think Stetson Bennett, for as uh, the, the lack of natural talent the kid has, the, his biggest characteristic is just a stable familiarity within the program. That's it. That's his biggest characteristic he has, which we're all for. We're behind. Don't turn the ball over. Get behind a defense. And, and eventually the system, Todd Munkin ran, I think it was 88 plays, 87 plays uh, last week. Last, the most we've ever had is 76 uh, under previous regimes. So I think the system's there. I think we have skill with Kyrus Jackson, wide receiver, George Pickens, Zeus, and James Cook. Um, so outside of just getting the ball in their hands, I trust the skill guys. The offensive line, yes, is uh, pass pro doesn't concern me at all. Uh, run blocking does, getting off the line. I'm not sure we have that push. But I think getting the ball in space, getting into their hands, and running for days, plus with that elite defense, uh, I'll take our D against anybody, anytime. You name the field, you name the day, uh, I'll go against any offense. Um, and then it's just maybe a war of attrition to kind of get speed out there with those guys that I mentioned. That's the confidence. That's where we come from. So Stetson is not the confidence. His ability just to throw it to an open receiver, hopefully, uh, and let them do work. That's the confidence. You mentioned Stetson's, his, uh, I guess, familiarity with the program. Um, I guess I'm wondering how much that matters since this is Todd Munkin's first year as offensive coordinator. So it's still a new offense. And also, um, I watched the Cleveland Browns last season, and their offense was horrible. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, I guess... I'm asking where the confidence in Todd Munkin even comes from. Yeah, Todd Munkin, uh, in the NFL, you're right, the Browns offense last year went through a little bit of a shift. I think they were trying to force Baker Mayfield to be something that he is not, Um, and that's a good quarterback. Um, And I think they rested on that. I think this year you're seeing the Browns offense come alive because they're getting behind Nick Chubb, which I think they should have done more last year, and they kind of let off the gas pedal near the end of the season. But you go back to Todd Munkin at Oklahoma State, uh, he made guys money that should not be in the NFL uh, by his system. Uh, he made running backs money, wide receivers money, quarterbacks uh, money that, that should have, by all accounts, not been there. Everywhere he goes in collegiate sports, his offense is, is near the top. And so I think uh, it comes down to concepts and it comes down to getting open receivers where they should go. So it's not an air raid. It's not an open system. Uh, but within the collegiate ranks, uh, Todd Munkin's offense is always near the top there. So uh, for Stetson, it's coming down to his ability to acknowledge where open receivers are, his ability to read kind of playbook X's and O's guys. That's that's where his skill set is, being more of a heady quarterback and just finding the open guy. And I think in Todd Munkin's offense, he does that ex- excellent. He He's able to make those concepts, make the right calls against the defense in the situation. And then it comes down to Stetson to go one, two, oh, there's three being open. Um, whereas before in previous offenses, it was let's try to power run and then send two guys on a go and then a 15-yard out. And that was, if the out's not there, throw it deep. That's the Jim Chaney 
that's the James Coley. Well, James Coley offense was nothing. It was pathetic and putrid. I hated James Coley. We call him Jimmy C. Just get out of town, Jimmy C. Um, and, and I think in Todd's system, it's much more effective on the defense and it's easier on the quarterback, which you saw Stetson have success in that ease of offense. Yes, I agree. But couldn't then the same thing, if that same logic is applied to um, Dewan Mathis, then why would you ever want Dewan Mathis to see the field again? Because if it's uh, if it's being made so easy for Stetson Bennett, why was it? Why did it look so so difficult for Dewan Mathis? And why is everyone keep saying it wasn't his fault? Yeah, I, I think the two things there: the penalties. We had ten penalties in a, like I think one and a half quarters. We had ten penalties that put us behind the sticks and the chains a great deal. So I think that's step one. Uh, step two, I think Stetson uh, just nervous jitters and coming out. He got rocked on a hit. That really, really played into it. Uh, and I think Kirby was pulling him out. He pulled, by the way, I, I think he pulled DeWan way too soon. It was far too soon to do that. We don't have enough tape on him yet. Um, the run game was lethargic in the first half with 10 penalties and then getting rocked like that really shook him as a, as a second-year guy coming in who hasn't been down that road so i think that's what it was and then that's why i can say i'm jury's still out for me on duan i think it's an easy system he could get there that's what gives me confidence but uh, he definitely needs more reps and and that's where i think we see him come into this game to get those reps um, so it's not skill wise uh, i think it was circumstantial that put us behind the chains like that uh, all right so you, you mentioned the pass rush and i think that's something that auburn fans pointed out that they did not have against Kentucky. Um, but, I mean, Stetson, when he was in, two sacks, two throwaways, two scrambles. Mathis, when he was in, two sacks, two throwaways, three scrambles. Um, do you think Georgia's just going to shore up the offensive line, or do you think Arkansas's pass rush is better than what Auburn's going to have on Saturday? Uh, you know what? I, two things are two. Uh, Arkansas, I don't know what the heck they got in their in their water down there ever since they got <laughs> some new coaching. Yeah, uh, but I think Arkansas got a lot better. Now, um, uh, I, I don't know about the pass rush, Robert. I know there's lots of guys that have carouseled out on the defensive line through their graduation or being drafted in the NFL. Uh, so, uh, but I think last year, if, if I'm not mistaken, the stoutness of the run defense. For Auburn was really where it's at, not the not the pass pressure. Okay, um, so maybe it's a little of that. Maybe it's our perception that Auburn doesn't have guys on the edge to get after, or guys that can break down the pocket in the middle. Got it. Um, and I, I do think, for whatever reason, uh, Matt Luke has coached them out, coached them out, or maybe it's the system. But man, our pass pro was really on point. And those times that Stetson scrambled or there were sacks, it was five seconds in the pocket, or Dewan was just off time um, getting hit Got it. Uh, but by and large the pocket remained for a lot of the game so maybe that's worth that maybe it's unfamiliarity with who the Auburn Tigers have on the defensive edge sure, in sure. particular Clint do you have any questions for us I feel like we've been kind of mainly drilling you the whole time uh, here's my question and I don't know looking at the game I looked at the game I was looking at running backs and this was somebody that Georgia had on their radar for recruiting and we lost out to Auburn taking them why is Tank Bigsby not getting more touches he looked electric to me on kickoffs mm-hmm. uh, and returns, and uh, Shrivers and Williams did not look electric. Is, was that game flow? Was that the run game not getting going? I, I, what I think was, it was that. Do you I, think the answer is? I don't think Gus likes freshmen. Uh, that, that's something that Auburn fans have been super upset with uh, in the past when Auburn's gotten high-profile backs. you got to wait till they're a sophomore, junior, or even a senior sometimes to see him get the field. 
And the crazy thing is, I don't have it in front of me. I think Tank had six carries, and then plus that that kick return that you mentioned. But Shivers was named the starter, and then after that, there was a bunch of ors, right? It was DJ Williams or mm-hmm. um, or you know Tank Bixby or Mark Anthony Richards. Didn't see uh, Anthony Richards at all, but. Sean Shivers kind of limped off the field uh, at some point, and then that's when we started to see DJ kind of be the one, and then Tank be the two. And I wonder if Sean Shivers stayed healthy the whole time, if we would have even seen Tank Bixby. Um, so the there, I don't have an answer to your question. I think that's something that all of the Auburn folks listening to this would also like to know. There was so much excitement for this guy all off season, and then you hear all these reports on how like not only is he just naturally gifted, he's getting it between the ears, he's becoming a leader in the room and practice, and you know all these things that you want to hear. I mean, just stereotypical good thing after good thing after good thing. Um, but Malzahn just doesn't play these young guys a whole lot. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's that's a shame. I mean, I, maybe maybe uh, it's a shame to be an Auburn fan and have that because man, I, yeah. I looked at him and I said, "There's something there for that." Uh, I certainly hope that's the case. I'd, I'd rather, I'd much rather go against Shivers and Williams than uh, Big Z. La- and, last and, question, and, and is, you know what? I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, if Shivers no. is healthy, I mean, Shivers could be the second fastest player in college football. I mean, you talk oh, about elite the speed. speed is there. Yeah, it's just can he get that crease? Can he get that space? We all know the Iron Bowl hit that he had for the go-ahead touchdown last year. That you know that's going to be an historic photograph taken where you know he, he knocked off his helmet and all that good stuff. But yep. um, it, it's just how many times a game can he do that in the SEC? That's kind of the big question there. So a lot of Auburn fans uh, very skeptical of, the, of that decision. So we'll see how long it stays there. Uh, I'm sorry I cut you off. Yeah. No, the last question is just, uh, will you guys ever let Gus come out in that white shirt and tie ever again on the sideline? Is, so, that, is that something that... Uh, yeah, it's so funny because you guys talked about that, and uh, I know you guys were kind of picking on him. Auburn fans absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved really? it. Yeah, we want him to do it every game. Uh, and I, I thought it was incredible. I hope he does it for you know the rest of the season. And I think a lot oh, of it has to do with awesome. uh, that, um, that, that the old-timey hat. People are like... Uh, uh-huh. all, all, all the stores in town can't keep that hat in stock now. It's it, it's crazy. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with just Pat Dye was such a figure in this community for such a long time. And I think anything having to do, any kind of nod to Pat Dye is, um, is, is something that Auburn fans kind of uh, grab onto. Um, was it Malzahn? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he's, he's a sweater vest <laughs> kind of guy. But I love. I, I hope he does it on Saturday. I, I hope he does it for the rest of the year. I don't think he will, but um, yeah, I don't know. That was very, uh, very, yeah. that very positively received. Um, that's throughout that's Auburn. So good. I'm, I'm glad that it was an homage to Die because yeah, it looked like Gus was being like a little tryhard with it. But yeah, I get that if it reminds <laughs> yeah. you, it harkens back to somebody else. Right. And man, all all for it. Uh, no, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you guys think it's it's. Six and a half. You guys mentioned six and a half being or seven being uh, too many points. You guys think in a typical, like you know, typical game here, where between Georgia and Auburn, it's going to be 2017, something like that. Is that more typical? So what you guys are thinking. I hopped on locked on SEC this week with Chris Gordy, and my pick was seventeen thirteen Georgia. That's what I picked. Michael, do you have a number? Yeah. Have, you, have you made a pick yet? Um, I don't have a good number, but I'll tell you what. Um, I have such high hopes uh, about Auburn going into this game because um, be, just because, you know, Felipe Franks looked 
like a competent quarterback for 95% of the game against, against Georgia's defense. And then obviously the Georgia offense had their troubles in that game. So uh, I'm sure that since I'm so confident Auburn's going to lose and I'm going to get my heart broken. Uh, you know what we, we talk about all the time. If you're not, we, we call it buckets, having buckets on hand. If you're not an SEC fan and your team doesn't make you have a bucket nearby just to puke in <laughs> at any given moment, you're not a true fan. So I, I, we get the bucket. We, we understand that. Clint, do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I actually think it's going to be 27-30 to 10. I think Georgia is going to get rolling here soon. I took I triple bet that, That's and right. I don't yeah. think it's going to be the typical game that we're used to. I, I think this is going to be, and I don't know, again, you keep on asking about the confidence. I don't know who's going to score those points quite yet, um, but I just trust the skill guys to get it done, and I think that a combination of quarterbacks is going to do it. So I'm going to go 27-10 is going to be my pick. So w- with that pick, are you are you projecting like Georgia controls it the whole time? Is it close to half, then kind of the game flow of it kind of gets away from Auburn? W- w- what does that 27-10 look like? Because that could kind of look two, a few different ways, you know what I mean? That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be close. First half, uh, whatever the under is on the first half, I'm taking that. Okay. Just absolutely hammering that. I think it's going to be close going there. I I trust Kirby's halftime adjustments. If I look back at all the games, Kirby coming out of halftime is a different coach. He's, it's just incredible what the second half does to, to our teams. So I think we're going to get enough understanding of what's, what Gus is trying to do, uh, what Steele's trying to do on defense. And I think after that, we're going to start rolling a little bit and find out some, some niches to, to hit. And that's where I think it's going to happen between the third and fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, uh, Bo is either going to show uh, uh, Auburn fans that he is, you know, he's, he's got this it ability to mm-hmm. throw because I think he'll need to to get there uh, or to come back, I should say, or he won't. And that's where the separation is going to come in the fourth quarter after that. Clint, this was fun, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. You guys too. It's been awesome. Yeah, Clint, I really didn't want to like you. And then you came in here and were like nice and stuff. Clint, you were so nice. <laughs> you know, I just. Daniel keeps telling that to me. Daniel keeps on saying I'm too nice to be his co-host, so maybe next time I'll get him on here with you guys, and, and you guys can rip him and hate him. He's easy to hate. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe for basketball yeah. we can do that. There you go. Awesome. Thanks, Clint. Yep. Thanks, guys. We wrap up the week tomorrow with uh, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, so be sure to tune in then. We will see you as we kind of do our final picks, our parting shots, and get you ready for the Deep South's oldest rivalry on Saturday. This has been Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.